Hello, so today is had a busy week, so had a busy week before today. So today is Tuesday. And well, so quite a few things over the weekend. Um I made a salad early today, and I've been drinking tea all, all night. Anyway, I'm not I'm not recommending that as something y'all should do. I'm just letting you know. It's uh, probably I'm just trying to uh, eat what I can. I be, I ate a lot after, you know, pretty much what I'm gonna talk about. But I mean, I wouldn't say a lot, but I ate well enough. But anyway, um, so, I had lost two uh, people that I think are significant, but I won't discuss exactly um, the details of those people. You know, these people got families, and um, I don't think that there's a lot of respect that go with um, humans anymore, you know, so I'm not going to over saturate the communication with, with all these long stories that I honestly do feel like, um, when some of these people left the, left the planet, the love and the consideration they have for humans left with it. I don't think we, I don't think we live necessarily in a time anymore where we're dealing with people who are loving you know it's very few and far between but these particular people are the people that taught us how to love you know these particular people were people who are instrumental in in cultivating a culture and cultivating um humanities not only in their own families but at least to some degree across the board giving people an edge the educational basis as to why they should consider to have good manners and why they should consider to be nice people somewhat in any anyway in any case obviously knowing that historically there would possibly come a time where it would be very useful for their children their grandchildren um, their great-grandchildren and whoever else would know how to conduct themselves in and apart from their, their, you know, their treatment. And I will say this. Um, you know, both, one person was significant for me, and I won't say the name, but uh, some people may know. One person was significant for me because they were more, um, they were more a part of my everyday life. I would say for about ten or more years. At one, at at a certain point, and I didn't know. I didn't know exactly why, but my mother knew why, and she was drawn to her. They volunteered together. Actually, it was one of those things where um, that person was older 
than my mother. And she was drawn to the way that my mother, at least the way my mother was. And so she decided she would take my mother up as a friend. And I remember her offering um, because it was so much of an age difference. Um, offering to work in the violence, in the aspects of volunteering that they worked in together. And she, but she, she was, she was a person where she observed, um, and had respect for the way that my mother did things. And a lot of times that's not, that's not easy. You talking about, uh, being able to have an appreciation in an age gap of someone, of, of people that's 40 and 50 years still be able to, still being able to look and have respect for uh, what someone else is doing is, is very important if it's genuine work. And I, and I distinctly remember her, um, looking at, calling my mother up and saying, hey, you know, I'm going to be so-and-so and such and such. This is usually where I'm at, where I, uh, take care of this aspect of volunteering in the community, and I'd love for you to join me. And so my mother got her stuff together, and um, and she head over she head over that way. And this person had such an interesting way of preparing, um, way before meal prep became even a thing. I would say that she possibly was the first person that I had ever met in an inner city who was not a young person but way before a term meal prep even became a word who meal prepped and she was already on a walker um, when I first met her around that time she was going to be taking around this time she was volunteering with my mother as well she was going to be taking a trip to Greece and she was going to be going with another good friend of ours to Greece. And um, another good friend of my mother's to Greece. And so, you know, she was so excited. She wanted to get, you know, show my mother how her system for uh, doing the same work so that they could just enjoy the volunteer service. And um, so they got together and they met downtown. They met in Midtown over by Wayne, over by the uh, Detroit Institute of Arts, over by that CBS Warren and Charles H. Wright. And they got over there and they did their volunteering for hours. And what they also did, because she was very well connected with Hannah and her house way before it became something that people talked about. Because from my understanding, she was an artist and she made dolls. And historically, they are in, what I understand, they're at least in, in, in some of the dolls may still be in an institution of, of learning. She told me that personally. Um, I don't know what she said. I can't remember. I don't want to misquote where she said it because this was a conversation in her living room a long time ago. 
and I don't want to give you the wrong place, but she said a very important school that her dogs were in. I almost got it. I almost want to say it, but I don't want to, like, misquote it, and then they're not there, right? In any case, um, so she passed this. She, well, she passed a couple weeks ago, but, you know, this particular lady, she, she was pretty much 100 years old. <laughs> In my earlier post, I spoke about the benefits of getting it on. It was a fluke for me, I felt like. it was, But it was a benefit to get to know a person who has seen that much, of course, of history. Uh, the process of a place. The process of a people. Enough to be able to take interest in us. And... Over the years of the uh, friendship, she could see that we didn't take it, uh, we didn't take it lightly to respect. Because she did not have to do what she was doing. Even we did not understand all of why she was so helpful to my mother and to me. I had no knowledge Um, of my treatment, I would say my whole life, if I was to be honest with you, and this this explains the force and the power I feel like just of God, period, because I had no knowledge of my treatment, none. I was living in a, I don't know where I was at, but I will say this. Uh, how could you say, you know how some people, they, um, it would be a topic of conversation among a number, among a number of us who were skilled and, edu- and educated in the arts, well, we would talk about certain certain aspects, but I think at certain levels in the arts, when you're raised in the arts, the conversations are different because it's on a certain plane. And in and, 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 and the painting, and, and uh, we're talking about where artists are painting. Let me just be fair and say this. When artists work with materials and we use paint and we use pastels and we use chalk and we use spray paint and we use whatever it is that we use to make art and we have done whether it's pencils whatever like that please understand that when you're raised which I was I was raised using certain words and certain terms that are only identifiable to me in connection with art. So there's a lot of treatment that people were aware of uh, that I was getting, but I honestly wasn't aware of it because an association of words. So when people would say a certain word, 
the only way I can relate to it is I will automatically associate it with the cutting aspect of art. Because those were the communications that I had every day. It was on a higher level of these same terms about words now that are useful, they're used in a different context. But from my perspective, I almost feel like these words that I've always been familiar with, the way that they're used now, has set us back as humans. Anyway, that's a long story. But, um, but, but she knew. And maybe it was this, right? Because the whole time, you know, when kids going through adolescence, people don't really pay that much attention to kids in a way. Not necessarily depending on, and I'm not saying that they should or that they should, but from, from my perspective, all of the people that we was around growing up, they was pretty safe. So they wouldn't look at it. They weren't really looking at us so long as to really, I guess you could say, I wasn't in a company of people who looked at us so long that they was trying to figure out how they was going to sort us into all these different categories that people do now. Um, but for me, I was just, I was allowed to just be a regular kid, my regular, you know, my regular goofy self, my regular artistic self. I was just allowed to be able to do that. That culture was created for me. I could be myself. Um, once again, that's to the force and the power in existence of these women that I know that God allowed to just be there because I had no idea that it was all of these things that I had no knowledge of. So, you know, but my mother would talk to me about certain things because I would listen to her experiences and then I'd be able to put some aspects of two and two together with me. But I didn't really know whether it was accurate or not. I would just, I could only listen to her and then I'd listen to uh, some of the things she would say about her treatment. And then it helped me to be able to be compassionate, more compassionate to her, her friends. Then I could see the system of the compassion in her friends, her choice of friends, her treatment of people, because I listened to her experiences I don't want to say you know we get we didn't got to a time where you say oh I was listening to her stories and it sounds so cheapened you know you talk about life experiences so these weren't necessarily stories I was listening to my mother's life experiences listening to my own mother's life treatments and it made me want to do more for her because When, now I understand, when it was her, these were the stories, the reason why she would tell me, oh, when I got to be this age or when I got to be that age, I started to look more like my father or I started to look more like my mother and her treatment was different each Every time, which you know, a human has no control over um, their DNA, but every time 
DNA does what it's supposed to do. All of what you made of matures, you know? And so with that will come whatever is supposed to come with that. You know, in an observation of people around you and how they feel about that. So, I remember when my mother, she said for years, she said for years when she was young, she was from a family where, keep in mind when I say this, this sounds interesting. Some people, they don't understand what I'm talking about because they don't live within a culture not a subculture, but they don't live within a certain culture of understanding where this these particular terms can be omitted based on how people feel about it, right? But in but in my mother's situation, she was the first one that was um, dark skinned. So um, she was she was the chocolate baby, you know, and whereas in some families it's nurtured, right? It's immediately um, embraced, and and all of that. It was to a degree, but for my mother, we're talking about in the fifties, where for some reason some of these things are. There's still some similarities in human behavior today. But she was the first chocolate baby from the family at the time. And her people, other women, went into immediate, like, protective mode. And they would move her around to family members where she would be safe. And now I understand what those stories was about. So she had... She had years where, like in her memory, she couldn't get, she had years of instability, you know. And being the only child, as far as she knew, she had years of instability. It was stable because it was all people whose family were structured. But from her perspective, it was not stable because it was not her decision because she was always moving from other people where she was always being moved where other people were. They knew she could fit in by being with family because every time, that's why she explained it to me. Every time she matured in another aspect, she wasn't necessarily safe with the same group of people. So she had to move or she was safe with the same group of people, but they had to figure out the system for it. You know what I'm saying? And we do live in a time where that's what family is supposed to do. You understand human behavior and you get it. And so, and like how she told me, she said out of nowhere, she looked up and she went from being uh, very chocolate to being brown skin. She didn't know when, when that even happened. But at one point, it's true. She said, I don't know how um, she actually said this. She said, I actually don't know how I lightened up. And she didn't, she was not light-skinned. But for many of the people that remember my mother, she was brown-skinned. But if they had met her earlier on, she was very, I always knew it to be, I always knew it to be, you know, 
my mother was was a dark skinned woman and she was beautiful. That's how I felt about it. Like she was dark skinned because that's what I remember from infancy. She was dark skinned. And I remember when she got brown skin out of nowhere. It was just like and she just said, Well, like how she told me, she said, That's DNA <laughs> And I remember her treatments. I remember um whereas when she was dark skinned for all those years, you know, people treated her so they didn't know, you know, how to be really respectful um during that time. But she was a go getter, so she would breeze she would breeze through so many inconsistencies of humans that I just remember that level of sophistication. She did not make time to care that she'd be out of their sight as as fast as she could. You know what I'm saying? She go in there that's what she told me, go in there and handle that business. Your job is not to determine what they think about you when you there. That's you know who you are. You come to do what you're good at, and then you get out of there. And whatever preconceived uh, ideal that people have about you, she always said, was none of your business. That's none of your business. You're not here for that. Um, and it was a and it was a waste of time. And she taught me how to structure my time according to that as a priority. So. When she explained to me, you know, those treatments of her long before she brightened up. For some reason, she brightened up. And then, and then, like how she said, she still couldn't necessarily trust the, um, how some people uh, were uh, towards her. But when, now I understand that when by, by DNA with me, why she was always so protective of me and why she was putting me in the company of, of older women who understood and they lived long enough to understand the human behavior and the facets of people, how people are. Over the course of time, when they don't understand something, when they're not used to something, when they've never seen something in a process and development. And as women, some of these women, they were natural nurturers. There's like women, you know, how we say, oh, that's a woman. Just because you're a woman don't mean you're a natural nurturer. It don't. You know? Because I get people, they miscalculated me all the time. Like, I would get people, ever since I was little, people look at me and they'd be like, why you look so mean? That was always. The first thing out of people want when people would see me, it wasn't, hi, Campion, how are you? It was, why you look so mean? Can you imagine telling a child that? Really, what I understand was, it was because just of my features. That's all. Just of my features. <laughs> I look like, why do I look so mean? I'm looking like, I have no idea. How can a child tell you that? What does that even mean? So, but, one thing about it was, I wasn't a mean kid. So when people, so they would, so the things that people would say was counterproductive. 
and they'd be like, why you look so mean? I wasn't mean. So what they were saying really was omitted. It never made sense. It never made sense. And so my mother would surround me around people where she had learned how to structure her whole life for after her experience, when people put up an automatic wall with her, she has structured her life to understand perceptively what these people look like a mile away, even before they get close. And then the question is, then the question is for her, why are you here? You, you know what I'm saying? Why are you here? You, you know what I mean? And I understand that now. Because most of these people were doing more good than not. It would be different if they weren't doing any good. But these people were doing more good in the nurturing process of a community than anything else. So you had people where they was wondering, oh, well, when they would see the things that the older um, person I'm talking about would do for my mother... You had a lot of people in there and wonder, why is she doing that? And they didn't understand it. And she would tell and she would tell my mother, she would say, Sharon, she would say, I do a lot of things for a lot of people. And I do them where people won't know that it was me who was helping them. So she was trying to show my mother how to continue. Because my mother always helped people. But but she just always helped people. But my but this particular older lady could see that people were beginning to miss. That it, was, it had come a time where people were misinterpreting that level of compassion. That level of kindness. And so she was trying to show my mother that after all those years of her acquiring certain aspects of wisdom. Now you need a friend who can show you how to do for people, how to help people if you can, and not have it be all over the news. That's nobody's business. That's a part of their dignity. You know, that's a part of their respect. And she helped so many people. And my mother helped so many people. My mother already knew that. But we were inching up on a time where people were going to, where people have obviously lost respect for other humans. It's not like they, it's not like you could just say, oh, that's not true. No, they had, they obviously had. That's just true. It's something that has to be said. So anyway. um, And so... And that's just love, you know what I'm saying? That was loving. So she could look and see. She had more of an understanding when she got paired with my mother. She knew how to help my mother from another aspect because this lady was from the South. And like I said, she was over 100 years old. My mother, on the other hand, was from up north. Was born in Chicago, but lived a long time up north and in New York. 
Uh, but but like I said, the older sister, she was from the south, and for years she was from the south before she came here. So she understood aspects of uh, human behavior that we had no knowledge of, and my mother had no knowledge of because. So my mother had no knowledge of why she was being treated a certain way. She was being treated because she wasn't born in the South. She was a dark-skinned baby, the first dark-skinned baby, coming from that, coming from a combination of that uh, Creole-European line. So she was the first dark-skinned one. But she had no knowledge of deep root history. So, and I always say that people can't educate you on something or help you guide you through a certain treatment if if you if you don't have a knowledge of it. So my so we weren't taught to have fear of people because my mother did not have necessarily fear of people because she was not born in the South. She was chocolate, chocolate. Um, but it was a combination. I would say now when I look at her, it was more, uh, some people that are like that, they're just more ruddy. Like they're just more red, red, red. And she was very red. And, um, and, then, she brought, and then, like I said, she got more brown skin over the years. To a point where we all was a similar complexion. All of us are a similar complexion. We're a similar complexion. Anyway. So, but but when this sister came along, this older woman came along, she was from the deep south. Similar anatomy as my mother, but 50 or 40 years older than my mother. So when she became friends with my mother, she understood how to help my mom to protect her based on her anatomy. Because now it was no longer about color. It was past the color phase. This woman had a similar anatomy as my mother. For some of y'all, y'all know what we talk about. A certain way you got, in certain ways that as women, women should feel comfortable in their in their uh, grooming process to the point where they don't even think about it. If 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 treatment is done well enough, um, they don't always even think about not being safe among a community of people, right? They don't even think about it. Why? Because they're so much themselves, they don't even think about it. And um, if the community is safe enough, you should be able to do that. If the people are of a sound enough mind enough, you should be able to do that. I'm not recommending nothing crazy. I'm just saying that based on anatomy, you know, some people, they just built a certain way. And with that, it comes women who are also built in certain ways where they automatically have a certain protective ability about themselves to show other people how to do. And so, like I said, Thelma had a similar anatomy as my mother. So, she had a way of helping my mother where my mother did not even know she was being helped. And it was based on the structure of the human, of how some women are built. 
And, um, but with me, she knew she, she was very successful with helping my mother. But she understood the dynamic with me. But I could tell now that even in all wisdom, even sometimes some of the wisest people don't always know how to curtail all misconception. I don't know how to curtail all hatred, right? So with my mother, it was like, whoa, she really was phenomenal at uh, protecting my mother in a very, I guess you could say, in a community where people had, you, where they possibly, their morale was beginning to, to uh, go down. And see, it used to be a time where, like, in connection with, I would tell you, like, well, how my mother communicated, she was so um, smart and educated that it used to be a time, and I have to say this, where I remember people where I remember guys would randomly come up to my mother and just say whatever to my mother. And when she would begin to speak to them, they would be so embarrassed, they would go the other way. Why? Because when she would speak to them, she would immediately speak to them with respect. And they weren't ready for that. Why? Because they weren't ready for that because they came to her with disrespect. When they got there, they were stopped with respect. And they, they, they did not know how to process it. So they would leave. <laughs> and I remember it being little and watching that. And I'd be like, wow. I would tell her all the time. I'm like, that's so impressive. Why? Because she was elevating a lot of people's standard of their of what they thought was actually even going on. Period. Like, what is you doing? You know what I'm saying? So it would be people, they come over there. You know, you have some people, they randomly, they see a woman with four kids, no husband. They just tell them what they think, and they run up over there trying to say whatever to Sharon. <laughs> and I remember she'd look at them, and she'd say something that was true to who she was, very respectful, very intelligent, educate them on something about themselves and they almost couldn't process it so they leave most of the time every man they'd be like oh and then they disappear and I'd be like that was wonderful why because as a kid I knew why they was coming over there so that I was always with I was always up under my mother I knew why they was coming over there and when they get there they'd be met with an education They'd be like, they'd be like, what did she just say? I gotta go back home, study. I gotta go back home, research, figure out what the heck just happened. And then by the time they reappear to speak to my mother weeks down the line, it'd be a different conversation. And then she'd be like, thank you. But she was, she was showing them also that they could be better people too. And that's a time, that's been a time, it's been a passing phase of communication, it's been a time frame of communication that something that women used to do or used to have the freedom to be able to do to civilize other humans. 
My brain people back down to earth. I don't know what they be on. I don't know where they be at. You know, there's a lot of talk about Mars and the moon. Maybe that's where they are. But she will say stuff and bring them back down to earth. Like deflated, like psst. bust that little balloon. All the air go out. And then they come back down to earth. And then they be like, what, what, what? Flapping wings. What, what, what? I'm, I, I'm back down here. <laughs> oh, now, now they can understand the human aspect. She would be deflating ego and get people back to humanity. So they not understand. Now I do. And respectfully, not, not, not mistreating these people. You got to understand that some people I had to understand, they don't know how humans are supposed to be treated because as humans, they were probably mistreated their whole life. Now I had, let me clarify, I had intended treatment. People had intended, and I will say the same for my mother, people had intended to mistreat my mother. And and a force would come up that helped my mother to be the intelligent, elegant, classic, classic woman that she was known to be. As many of the women are that I'm speaking about, the same force will come up to get those women to be um, not who other people wanted them to be. They weren't less than. They were amazing women. Right, so they knew. By the time they said something to you, they knew what they was talking about. Ain't got time for that. So, that's what I loved about that one. I said I wasn't going to say her name, but some people don't know. Like I said, over 100 years old. She'd help all kind of people. It was... She was seeing me... Let me tell you something. If she was 50 years older, if she was 40-something years older than my mother, I was like, I could have sworn to you every conversation was she was still 92. I thought so for, like... Maybe I was wrong, but... I thought for sure every time the conversation was, she was still 92. Maybe it was, you know, or 80-something. 80, 80 I remember it was, whatever it was, it was, she was still a certain age. She would give us a number, and she would keep it. <laughs> that was a number for us. But she would tell us she was the youngest of 12, and she outlived all her siblings. And that's what she was saying. I'll be like, she was a phenomenal woman. Her communication was different. And if she's taught my mother how to do certain things that my mother would have never known how to been able to do classically. And with me, it was never, I, it was, it was never that I would have known how to transact bank business. I knew how to do the banking for an elderly person 
um, and transact their business from this person. Now I know why she was doing that. She was doing that because she could pre, she could perceive what was going to happen with my mother. And so what she was doing was she was teaching me how to run errands for her because she could look at my mother and tell, you're going to be in a situation like mine. So she came out of nowhere, got close to my mother, showed my mother, look at me. Look at me, Sharon. I'm not telling you that this is going to happen to you. But what I'm saying is it's a likelihood that this may happen to you. And so now I understand that it was not a absolute saying, but she was becoming her friend to tell her it's possible. Look at your anatomy. Look at my anatomy. Let me help you. And they became friends based off that. And she lived longer than my mother would it, but my mother was sideswiped. With the health similarities. I would also say. Just like in everything else. Those 40 or 50 years. Of combined wisdom. And how to do. Was something that my mother didn't have. Which also shows the longevity. And why this person was able to live longer. In hindsight. Than my mother. Because structurally. Decorate a person. What they was actually given. Not saying that it was better cards, but because the person was in was born in a different time, they learned how to structure earlier before it was societal mess or drama where people could interfere with it. Right. So she came out of nowhere. Helped my mother. And was teaching my mother and teaching me, teaching me for teaching me ahead of time before my mother would get sick. She'd come pick me up. Now, it'd be funny because my mother would be like, <laughs> it'd be funny because my mother would be like, go get her. <laughs> she got all her appointments today, and she's gonna be trying to take the shuttle. And you got a car. That's what my mother... That would be the conversation. As soon as my mother opened up, up her eyes, she would be like, call her. She said, because you got a car and she is this age and she got all these errands. My mother had learned her schedule for the week. And she was like, that is... Summer, it's Michigan. It's four seasons. So on them days, as soon as my mother's eyes woke up, as soon as my mother's eyes open, she said, call her. See what she's trying to do today. And I'll be pouting. You know how kids are. I don't want to go over there. I'll be, I'll be thinking about all this other stuff I wanted to do that was going to be fun for me. And my mother would be like, uh-uh. She'd be like, uh-uh. But it was because she was teaching me how to have compassion for people other than yourself. And I had been doing that, 
But now I understand why my mother was driving it more. So she said, now, because my mother was driving it, now I need you to do it for someone that's not me. So my mother was saying, you do it for me. I'm trying to show you how to do it for other people that's not me. And it was hard for me to do that. Because people would be treating me so janky, I ain't want to do nothing for them. That's all another story. But anyway, it was hard for me. But with her, I could see why. You know? As soon as she woke up, she'd be like, call her. She already knew. She said, it's Tuesday. It's Wednesday. Or it's Monday. She need to go here. She got to be there by this time. She need to be there. She got to be there by that time. And she said, and she probably worried about so-and-so and such and such. So ask her, is there anything that you, this is what my mother would tell me. So ask her, is there anything that you can help her with today before she strike out on her own? That would be my mother's conversation with me. I'd be like, I'd be like, well, I'd be like, well, mom, don't you got to do so, so, such, and such? She said, I rescheduled. My mother would reschedule her stuff because she knew that this person had a busier day than her. She was like, I already rescheduled my stuff. My mother pushed her stuff back so I could take this person go to all this stuff. She said, that person is older than me. And you got a card. Help her. I call her up. I'd be like, hi. <laughs> you know how after you've been told off by your parents? Because <laughs> you ain't, you weren't viewing it correctly. Like, you, it, it wasn't like you were viewing it incorrectly, but you didn't know. When you're young, you don't have knowledge all the time of, other people's treatments. How taxing that is also going to be for them in and apart from them actually handling the business. So we don't always know what people go through. And then when the time they get there, then they got to handle business. But what my mother was showing me was take the edge off. I spe- she was saying she took she rescheduled all her stuff and then she said, you'll take me this day, and I'll go this, do this stuff on this day. I'm already ahead which I love. My mother was always ahead of me. She was like, I'm already ahead of you on that. Now you can focus on her. And I get, and I get up and I call her, <laughs> eating humble pie, you know. Hi. <laughs> it's Cambia. How you doing? And she would be so sweet. Hi, Candace. <laughs> she could not pronounce my name. She said, Hi, Candace. I loved her so much. It took her years to be able to pronounce my name, Campio. Over years, it was Candace. And, um, I get up, and I'd be like, and I had to reword it. I'd be like, you know what? It's been brought to my attention. Because I could not. Because my mother would be looking like, you bet not say it was me. I need you to want to help her. 
She said, I'm trying to teach you how to want. To see her play. Go see all of what she do. Go see all of what she have to do. You better not say it was me. <laughs> That's pretty much what it was saying. So I'll call her. I'll be like, oh, hi. Um, how you doing? This can be Um, And I let her know. I'll be like, oh, you know, I got this going on. Um, but it won't be until a certain time. And I have the morning, I have the early a.m. free. So I have the way, I, this is still the way that I explain stuff now, which is so not together. But to me, I had pushed everything into the afternoon that I was going to do. And I'd be like, I got all a.m. until like four or five o'clock. To take you wherever you need to go. This is something that you need to do today. And that would be how I would start my conversation. Because I honestly didn't know what to say. And she was such a good person. That I called. <laughs> she knew that I wasn't ingenuine. I just didn't know what to say. And she also knew that I also didn't know. How hard it was. For her. So this was an education for me. So she'd be like, well, when I think about it, she said, let me call you back. She said, I'm going to call around and I'm going to make a couple, get a couple things in place and let me call you back. And then I'll let you know what time I'll be ready. And I'd be like, okay. And then from there, I help my mother with a bunch of stuff around the house. I go and I call and I reschedule all the things that I thought that I was going to do. And what I had learned to do over the years was actually I stopped scheduling my own stuff. <laughs> because what if I got with this person and I saw all of what they had to do, people would be calling me, I'd be like, I'm busy. I'm going to be here for a while. But that took time. That took time of observation. It took me so long of helping this person day after day. I would say it got to the point where they were helping us in a different way. But to physically go and help a person it became incredibly wonderful of a friendship. You wasn't no longer counting the days. I wasn't scheduling them. You know what I'm saying? I had my friends, they'd be wondering, like, by the time I showed up with them, I'd be asking them for gas money. This was back in the day. This ain't like now. Gas money, if I got to ask for gas money now, it's a different situation, it's a different economy. I got something else going on. But back in the day, she would give me gas money, and I still ran out of that gas money. Because, in all fairness, she had so much on her plate. She was so doing so much quietly for so many people. She needed as much help as she could get. There were plenty of times 
she's not the only person that, you know, at once I could see what was going on, there's a couple people. I'd just be like, don't even mention it. And my mother would be like, she would look at me and she'd be like, okay. She would, she would look into her finances and she would look at me and she would be like, okay, Cam, now you see. And she would be like, when I get paid, use this. So she would use some of her budget. And we'd just cycle the money back to help the people. A couple, and a couple people. That I added to my root. You know. I had a couple people that I added to my root. After I got the most difficult system. Of how intelligent these two women were. Was my mother's intelligence. And then her intelligence. Once I learned their system. For how to help them. Then I could pull in. And helping the other people. Who were along the way. So I had mapped it. They along the way. And I. And they needed to go grocery shopping. And now I had this person. My mother. My mother was down for the count. She had to ask. She was already there. But now I got this person from. 9.30 to 10 a.m. To 4 o'clock. Period. Because it's no telling what this person is going to need to do today. We got to a point where people would be trying to get a hold of the older sister. And if she had to depend on a shuttle, if she had to go and do this and that, sometimes that worked, but sometimes that didn't. And in the winter months, that junk is rolling. Can you imagine that? So... I get her. I be like, y'all chill. They be in the car. From 10 a.m. to 4. And we run all their errands. And I be in the car. And I still be like, before we even went back anywhere, my apartment, the sister's apartment, but sometimes she couldn't necessarily come to our apartment all the time the way she wanted to because we lived in an apartment on Wayne State campus that had an old elevator and she had a walker. So we can bring her to our apartment until we moved to a, a different apartment that was more suitable for elderly people who had walkers and wheelchairs. But anyway... But we'd go back to her apartment and we'd sit up there. But it would be... I got to a point I appreciated the way she was helping so many people. And and apart from her family members. Because you family, you do. You do for family. Anyway, she was just that kind of person. Like, she was doing for her family anyway subconsciously. But she was so worried about how they were. How they were doing. She was so worried for them. All the time. And my mother would just be like. Now do you see? And she would be worried for my mother too. She would be like. Sharon. I consider you like a daughter. That's what she would say. And I'd 
be looking like, why do she say that? It would irritate me because I honestly didn't understand what she meant by that. And now I understand that. And she would be like, Sharon, I consider you like a daughter. And this is why I'm doing A, B, C, D, and E. And I would be like, what do that even mean? Now I know. Because when I look at the take back, they they have so many unique similarities about the auspices of a woman. It's really what it was. Based on anatomy. Not even just being black. In combination, it's the auspices of being a woman. And then when you open up your mouth, you actually have something educational or respectful to say. They be running. <laughs> That's what it was. They couldn't work with everybody. They had to go and do and help and be and do all this stuff that other people that had no knowledge was even going on. Because, like she told us, she be figuring out ways to help people where they didn't even know it was hurt. When I was a Santa, let me give you a story. I'm going to tell you a story. I'm going to tell you how how interesting this person was. We turned it down. But let me tell you how just concerned she was for even my mother's own happiness. She got to a point where she asked my mother, when are you going grocery shopping? And my mother would be like, I'm going grocery shopping on this day. That's when her food budget was in. And she'd be like, okay. She said, so she got to a point where she switched her grocery shopping schedule to combine it with my mother's grocery shopping schedule so that I could take them both grocery shopping. And then I had another sister that once a month I could take her too. Maybe once or twice a month I could take her grocery shopping too. If she wanted to accompany us along the way, then I had two people going, two to three people going grocery shopping at one time. And so she'd be like, well, let's go all together and we'll go go, go grocery shopping. And they'd tell me what stores they wanted to go to. And they had their main stores that was on the list, you know. Which those stores are still in existence. It was uh, stores, it's stores, uh, it's stores to this to this day that was a part of that that are still there, and one of them is in the Wednesday area. You know that was a part of the market that she had to go to. She had to go to this market because they had her budget. You know she could go there and get the things she liked and pick up a couple things there. She could take her time, and then she bring her groceries out, and then I, you know, I meet her at the door even before she got. Stepped outside. I ain't want these people to be stepping outside. It's raining, it's snowing, and they getting their shoes dirty. You know what I'm saying? I be pull. I be looking in the store because I could see them 